Hey, welcome back to the BoxCast podcast. It's Gary, your community manager here, and I am, as always, I'm very excited to be with you today on another episode, but today's a really special episode. Um, we have our friend, Luke Hendrickson, with Bethel Music and Production Online. Luke, how are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm extremely thrilled to have you, um, and it's going to be a really wild episode here. Just got some really cool questions, and I just want to pick your brain a little bit. Um, you know, people all across the globe look at you as like the goat of audio production and and mixing and getting just the sweet feels that really come from that that particularness of being in an audio world. And so I'm just extremely thrilled at the fact that I get to talk with you. But just some cool things I know, man, uh, you you are like I said, you're like to my eyes, you're the goat. <laughs> like we, when we when we try to get that audio mix in our live streams or any and even in our house, like it's really something that we try to focus on is like, how can we make it sound like Bethel music? Right. And so, um, so with that, I know you have some really cool things that you offer some, some users, some, some people in the church atmosphere with production online. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I also know that you are uh, based out of California where Bethel church is correct. That's correct. Redding, California, Redding, California. And I know I appreciate we talked about it's, beautiful out there. It's a beautiful time of year. I've never personally been to California. I'm hoping one day I get to go visit. Um, but why don't you give me just a little bit of information about yourself, uh, Luke, for those people who listen and watch, like, what is it exactly that you do and how did you get started in broadcast mixing? Sure. My name is Luke Hendrickson. I was born at a very early age and uh, I've been a part of uh, worship and music my whole life. I was born to preachers, kids, and um, just kind of surrounded with uh, worship and the Lord and Holy Spirit, all that kind of stuff for a very long time. And so um, it's kind of all that I know. Uh, learned how to play piano and other various instruments along the way and uh, began to do a lot of production and demo work for friends uh, in my teenage years and early 20s. I was a part of a ministry called the House of Prayer in Kansas City, International House of Prayer. Uh, for 10 plus years and then came out here to Reading about 12 plus years ago and helped uh, them kind of launch their broadcast audio stuff. They have a service called Bethel TV, which allows you to see a lot of the live services out here. They also broadcast to YouTube from time to time. So, um, yeah, I, I was primarily, I think, a musician many, many years ago. And over time, it's uh, kind of morphing into more of a producer mix engineer role. Yeah. And I, and I know that, and just like a lot of our viewers and listeners and everybody in the church world who either plays some sort of Bethel worship song at their services or listens to it in their car, you know, through Spotify or whatever means they're listening to, um, they hear all of these really sweet tones and all of this just collaborated music that's really creative. And, and I know that you, uh, you've not only produced many of the most popular songs and albums, but you've actually played on a few of those and keyboard, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, we have a deep bench here of talent. So I'm one of many talented people here. Um, you know, we have uh, an amazing pastor, Bill Johnson, who has really kind of helped keep our compass in a singular direction. And that is focusing on the Lord and, and hosting his presence, making a, mm -hmm. uh, a place uh, where he can rest. And uh, then we also have uh, amazing songwriters. We have Brian Johnson, Jen Johnson, who are kind of the, the point of that. And they have a lot of writers that uh, are on their team as well. And then uh, the, the deep bench of musicians and engineers is, is wonderful. And, and there's such a synergy that happens when you have that wide talent base where 
we can all pull on each other's strengths. And, and um, if you're not strong at it, there's somebody local that is, and you can take them out to lunch yeah. and kind of have that good uh, friendship connection. And it kind of makes this organic uh, growth opportunity happen. So yeah, there's many producers here. Uh, there's another guy named Chris Greeley and Bobby Strand. Both those guys are incredibly talented and they uh, were the primary producers with some of our major albums. Uh, and Chris Greeley mixes as well. He's a, a fantastic engineer. I am uh, just one of many and I uh, love being a part of the team. Absolutely. And I'm glad you're part of the team too. I mean, you guys do all a fantastic job. I mean, so, and, and thank you so much, by the way, for just heeding the Lord's call and that kind of thing and, and actually jumping into this and, you know, taking, taking the time to learn that stuff, but then you, you become inspiration for the rest of us who are trying to do it as well. So very grateful for that. So just by chance, what's your, you know, just like I said, a personal question here, something cool and interesting. What's your least favorite doll to work in? There's only one favorite and everything else is tied with second place. Uh, one, okay. My favorite is Pro Tools and everything else is tied for last place or second place. I, I don't really think of my least favorite. I just think of my most favorite. Pro Tools Your is by favorite. far my most favorite. Most favorite. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right, that's fair. So we, so is GarageBand still a second or is that going to be coming in? Well, GarageBand is free, so how can you complain? <laughs> and it has vocal tuning built in as well. And that's amazing true. sounds and amazing loops. So um, I'm never going to complain against something that's free. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Good point on that, my friend. Good point. What um, out of all the, you know, out of all those songs and albums with Bethlehem music that you've been a part of, uh, whether it be playing or, you know, helping produce and mix and, you know, or just being in the creative team with that, which, which of those would you say is probably your most absolute favorite one to work on? Uh, two definitely come to mind. The Loft Sessions was very special because it was different from anything that had been done in our local community as well as abroad. It had such a unique approach to how to play a worship song, very unique tones. We decided to do things that were not normal. Um, mm. Most of it was organic, organic acoustic type of sounds. When, when I say acoustic, not, not just acoustic guitar, but just like a microphone in front of, in, in front of some kind of acoustic instrument. And uh, so it had a, a kind of a fresh um, discovery uh, along the way, which is really fun and a synergy oh, cool. with a wide team with a pretty large team working on that. Uh, and then another one is Have It All. Have It All was a, uh, a live church worship record, and we um, collaborated with the producers and the band a lot. It wasn't a producer telling you what to do or a worship leader necessarily telling what to what to do, but it was a real democratic approach where the uh, all the band members can really speak into parts. So we spent a, a week or two in the studio going through every song a hundred times, maybe not a hundred times, but a lot of times. Wow. And just uh, everybody kind of re approaching it from a different angle on each take and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And so that was just a fun collaborative time to hang with your bros and try to find a way to communicate a song the best. Wow. I bet that energy was pretty intense then. Yeah. That had to have been was, an intense energy. It was long days, but fun days. Yeah. See, that's the kind of thing that, you know, where you do that, you get that real organic feel out of a song. And I think I would agree with you. You can feel it in the songs when they're actually, you know, finished and everything's buttoned up and then you release them, you know, you can see and feel that inside. So yeah, absolutely. Good, man. Good choices. Well, of course, obviously mm -hmm. you have, you have the spec on those, man. You're, you're on top notch of that. But well, let's dive into some audio, like actual audio based questions, because, I mean, I know that's that's what you're really renowned for, especially in the the broadcast mixing field and area. But why, in your opinion, why is broadcast mixing so difficult? It's not. Um, 
I think people just try to do it wrong. And when you try to do it wrong, it feels hard, but there's actually a really easy way to do it. It's a laptop and a pair of headphones. It takes hardly any money at all. When we traveling, when, when we do our travel broadcast rig, it's a backpack and a set of headphones or in-ears. Like it's just so cheap and so easy. You need one digital cable, which could be Dante or Maddie or USB. Mm. You've got all the channels there. Uh, it's actually pretty easy. I think the hardest part about it is not the broadcast side of it, but rather the source tone, the source material. Mm. That's the hard part. It's um, getting a great drummer that has a great drum kit that strikes the drums correctly and has them tuned correctly. And then secondly would be um, having uh, good singers and you know good microphones. And if they um, are doing a really good job on stage, your band and your singers and providing good tone, it's much easier to mix. In fact, it's impossible to get a good mix without that. So we're just so blessed to have a, a super talented team that provides really great source tone. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I can see that being, so you think it, do you think that there's like a fundamental knowledge that most musicians should have um, that would be more of like a catalyst for really good source audio then? Cause I mean, we got a lot of churches with a lot of people and you know, you got sister Mary who, you know, does her, does her best to sing and does her best to praise the Lord at that moment. But uh, sometimes it just doesn't come out right. So would fundamental fundamentals be a key thing you would say is, is a necessity? So everybody's value system is different. Um, everybody's going to value something in a slightly different way. And one person, what they value is authenticity and heart expression. And so they don't care about tone. They don't care about arrangements. They don't care about playing something right. They care about something being vulnerable and honest, right? So they are right in their approach because it's true to who they are. Somebody else says, well, I value the tone of something or I value mm -hmm. originality and not, not echoing somebody else's idea, but rather having my own unique expression. So I think uh, you need to be very careful about trying to adopt somebody else's values if you feel like that's not something you're called to. Uh, but I think something that we have personally felt connected to is having um, a value to great songwriting that communicates uh, a message that we think is important or something that the Lord has put on our community's heart. And then uh, great um, parts and great tones, because that really helps a song get communicated well. Mm -hmm. And we try to communicate it without distractions, with minimal distractions, because when you have a distraction of a bad mix or you have distraction of playing the wrong chords or the distraction of singing out of key, that kind of takes away from hearing the core value or the message of the song. And so right, our goal yeah. here is to present a meal that is easy to eat with the fewest amount of distractions and having musicians that really care about minimizing distractions by having great tone and singers that minimize distraction, distractions by singing the right lyrics and singing the right pitch on a good microphone. It just seems to... Um, be a value system that everybody in our community just kind of agrees on. But I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that somebody else doing it differently would, would necessarily be wrong. It's just, um, they just have a different value system. Hmm. I mean, that's an interesting take on that. That's really an interesting. I like the way you said that, but I like more of the analogy that this is a meal we're serving. So mm -hmm. that, that, that makes a lot of sense in the world. And I mean, we deal with like my church is a lot smaller church, obviously than Bethel churches, you know, I mean, we're running maybe like 4% of what Bethel church would run on a given Sunday or a given time. But, you know, I, the atmosphere has to be conducive to the same thing, right? You know, you've talked about that many times, like you've said on many previous 
podcast interviews and episodes that I've seen, you know, that the reason for mixing or, you know, doing any kind of broadcast mixes is you're trying to make it an encounter. Um, you're trying to develop an encounter. Can you give me a little bit more about that? Like not just in, not just in Bethel's point of view, but what makes a really good encounter something that, you know, you can bring, bring to people and serve like a meal. Like, can you give me a little bit more about that? I think people are drawn to authenticity. You know, if you hear somebody singing a song that they don't believe in, it's not going to hit the way it's going to hit if somebody is singing from a place of experience, mm. a place of living their lyrics, not just intellectually conceptualizing their lyrics. But when they're singing from experience, they're singing with history behind those lyrics. I think it impacts the listener so much more. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of our writing comes from a place of this is something I've experienced or this is something that I'm reaching for, not just to impress somebody, but because my heart really, really believes it. So there's a conviction behind the lyrics. They may not have tasted, tasted of it yet, but they have a faith or they have a belief system pro profoundly profound enough that it hits the user in a way that feels authentic. Mm. That's a, that's an even more interesting take. Yeah, you're right. I would say I would, I can see that being a, a good point of view when it comes to, you know, when you're presenting something and you're actually pushing out something that would have to be, you know, at least good quality. Right. I mean, I think that's the difficulty with a lot of church audio, whether it be in-house or in broadcast, broadcast, broadcast mix, sorry, is, is, is the, is the presentation has to be at least a good quality. Cause you do create, like you said, you create those distractions and that really becomes, I think that most evident piece of that for me is like, um, you, you know, the song Egypt, like that's a, that's a powerful song, right? When you, you talk about coming out of Egypt, right? And the Lord, and the Lord bringing you out of that, that's a lot of history behind there. And as you were saying that I was just kind of getting the lyrics were just like popping into my head. It's a little awkward sometimes because I'll start drifting on into the space there, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting take. I like the fact that you, you know, that you focus on that. So would you, so does, does Bethel music and then in general, is that kind of like the mindset a lot of times is just authentic passion, emotional worship that comes from that place of history or comes from that place of whether it be pain or joy. Is that, is that kind of like a, a, a value trait that comes in when writing the songs and producing the songs? Nobody wants to hang out with a poser, right? Nobody wants to hang That's out with somebody true. who's dishonest and who's just giving you lip service. You know, you want action behind the words. You want faith behind the words. And mm -hmm. so nobody here encourages somebody to write a hit song, whether or not you believe the lyrics. People are expected or encouraged to bring your private worship life, cultivate that first. And uh, if something feels like it's going to impact the, a greater body, then, yeah, let's let's bring that before the greater body. But we're not here just to try to impress people with something that's fake. I think authenticity is what most people want. It's definitely what the Lord wants. So let me, let, let's pull back just a little bit here. So I know that you operate primarily in a DAW, which is digital audio workstation for, for anybody who's not uh, familiar with the term. You, you're 100% solely into a DAW. And you, I, I think you've actually, through everything that I've watched and learned of you and, and just podcast episodes and all that stuff and just listening to all of the music that you've produced and helped be creative in, I think you've pushed me into an idea of using a DAW at some point or in some way. Um, I've primarily with our church, 
but we're primarily directly from console. Like we're doing a matrix mix out and just kind of that direction. But if we were to move to that, like say you were talking to a beginner who had no clue what they were doing and just getting into the whole broadcast mixing with the doll system, what are the three most essential plugins that you would recommend that they use and why? Hmm, good question. So um, you can make a great mix with just about any plugin. So I'd be very I'd be very reluctant to say that this is a must-have plugin because there are a hundred great EQs and a hundred great compressors. That's so true. <laughs> uh, everybody should be very careful about the sex appeal of something new or flashy or something that somebody you respect says that you must have. That's I think that's a, a fallacy to to uh, try to avoid. Um, an EQ is an EQ for the most part. There are different shapes and stuff. And I think um, the the best thing to do is just to have a lot of experience, a lot of exposure to various things because um, everything has a place and a purpose. And so um, one thing that I enjoy, but again, this is not necessary, is the SSL channel strip. And the reason mm -hmm. why I like it is not because it's the best, but because it's fast. It's what you call a channel strip. It means it has everything all in one window. And for live mixing, speed is essential. Features yes. are way down the list. Complexity is way down the list. Speed is way higher on the list. Reli reliability is really high on the list. And a channel strip of any kind, you know, there's many other channel strips that are fantastic, but the SSL one just has a great uh, high and low pass filter, uh, several EQ options, uh, compression, gating, phase reversal, input, output gain. And um, with that, you can get pretty much uh, an entire thing colored the way you want to in one window. And you don't have to go down into deep menus to try to resolve an issue that you're hearing. You can quickly mm -hmm. touch it and then move on to the next thing. You don't want to be wasting a lot of time when, when you have no ability to hit rewind in a live environment. Mm. Uh, another uh, plugin to have would be... Um, Probably Autotune would be uh, my number my number one or number two. Uh, Autotune allows you to um, fix vocals that are tough. And no matter where your skill level is, it's going to improve your singer. So a bad singer is going to sound good. A good singer is going to sound great. And a great singer is going to sound near perfect. So everybody has an opportunity to benefit from Autotune. And a lot of haters will come in and say, well, Autotune is fake. And singers just need to learn how to sing. Well, the person that says that, I encourage you to go change your role and go do what they're doing and see if you can do it perfect. Mm. I don't like it when people are armchair critics. Instead of criticizing people, why don't you just fix it and do it yourself? If you're that good of a singer and you think you're that smart, why don't you just go do it yourself and prove to the world how great you are and how much you wow. don't need autotune? Even the best singers still need autotune from time to time. Nobody mm -hmm. has a perfect voice all the time because the voice is a muscle and the and muscles have good days and bad days. Do you feel 100% at your peak fitness every day, all day? No, and neither does your voice. Your voice will have bad days and that's where autotune comes in to carry your weak spots, to carry the valleys in your physical performance. And so uh, I highly encourage uh, engineers who want to be friends with your band and friends with your singers and maintain <laughs> yeah. a quality relationship, get auto-tune, learn how to discover what key they're in. That's absolutely essential that you put it in the right key, not chromatic. It's got to be in the right key. And when they change keys, you cannot forget to change it because that is going to embarrass your singers and you're not there to embarrass them. You're there to help them. And mm -hmm. so uh, get really good at identifying keys and uh, 
they're going to become your best friend. You'll become their best friend. It's a symbiotic relationship. And you asked three plugins. Um, third one would probably be like a, a good reverb or a good compressor or something like that. Valhalla is $50 and it has great reverbs on there. Um, a good compressor could be like an LA-2A or an 1176 of some kind. Oh, so yeah, I think with those plugins, you should yeah. be able to build a really solid mix. Yeah. See, I knew you were going to go down that route of either the, you know, the LA2 or the, the uh, 1176. I knew that. And I was like, I was hoping you were still sticking with it. Like I was hoping you didn't find a new one that you were into. And, and I knew you were going to go down the auto tune route. So that's a, that's a really tough thing to get people to get into though, is auto tune, right? I mean, there's that whole digital sounding kind of feel to it sometimes, I guess, is that just more, you think that's more just playing and getting the expertise with it to kind of just kind of fine tune it and tweak it in. Is that more or less the, the, the notion with using auto tune and is feeling comfortable with it? Cause there's a lot of people out there who just don't feel comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. You must put it in the right key, not chromatic. If you put it in the right key, it will do a very good job for you. Um, and you got to put the right settings in there. And I'm a big fan of Antara's Autotune. That's my favorite one to use. Okay. Um, and if you get good singers, they're going to sound a lot better through it pretty much 100% of the time. That's that's cool. That's a hot mix. I wasn't aware that you were into Antara's Autotune. I didn't know that. I was, I, I've seen um, waves come up quite a bit in, in a lot of people's conversations, right? But I didn't know it was Antara's. So that's that's an interesting that's an interesting thing. So so, but in your your, I mean, obviously, if you were giving this advice to a, a newbie, right, like me, <laughs> you know, using a DAW as a mixing for their broadcast mix, right? Um, where, where would you, where would you look? Would, would, would pro tools be obviously, cause I mean, that's your number one go-to, but would you suggest like waves performer or, you know, or what would you stick with pro tools or even the free version of garage band? Yeah. To me, there's only one DAW. It's pro tools. That's the only it's thing pro I tools. advocate for. There is no backup plan. There's no second place. I don't even think about the other ones. Pro tools is the only DAW in the world as far as I'm concerned. And wow. so if somebody asks for advice, that's the only thing I would recommend. Um, it's by far uh, the fastest when it comes to mixing, in my opinion, and I've used all of them. I really have, except for Fruity Loops. I've never used that one. Um, so uh, I think for mixing, it's by far the best. If you're trying to edit or produce music, there might be some advantages to other DAWs. And I'm not, again, I'm not here speaking as a producer. I'm speaking as a mixing engineer. And that's why I'm advocating for Pro Tools so much. So yeah, definitely get that. It's 10 bucks a month, I think, for their kind of intro, not it's not called intro. It's the step up that you can get a lot of stuff done with their $10 right. a month one and uh, get a few plugins, get some good EQs, some good compressors and auto tune. And uh, I think you'll be able to get um, most of the hard work done. And uh, as long as time, as long as you have plenty of time to experiment and you also have good source material and that's right. the critical one, you got to have a good source material. Uh, you will be able to pull up a great mix. No problem. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. That's an interesting take. I like I like the way you're you're positioning that, especially for somebody who's new and is just getting into the into the piece of it. That's really I think it's where my heart lies is with people learning and getting into it and then let them kind of explore from there. You know, YouTube University is a great way. And of course, you know, we'll get into it in just a moment, but you know, production online, um, you know, how you present those things and provide the, you know, the pieces and parts to that. So now I have a I, I don't know if this is a hard question. I have not heard anybody ask this question to you before. And so I'm interested to get your take on it. 
but I and I know you're a very busy individual, you know, and I know you got family and you've got, you know, obviously church and work and ministry. But what would you say for anyone should be their most effective use of their time when they begin to use a doll as a broadcast mix? Like, should they focus more on the setup? Um, should they focus on the actual beginning, the fine tuning, the execution? You know, should it be learning the doll and before actually implementing it into a you know full f- workflow? Where where would you say the most effective use of time and strategy would be for someone going into that world? Um, obsession. You just got to be obsessed. If somebody thinks that um, I'm doing this so that I can make money, or I'm doing this so mm-hmm. that I can get famous, I'm doing this so that my my pastor or my spouse will love me, that's the wrong way to do this. It's got to be an obsession. And if you're not obsessed about it, I'd say change careers. Um, mm. Don't don't try to do something that, that you want to do as a hobby that you want to do in your free time. If you wake up in the morning and that's what you're thinking about and you're going to bed at night and that's what you're thinking about, that's probably the thing that you should try to make your career. And so let me just save you a bunch of heartache and pain. And uh, if you're not obsessing about this, just switch careers. Find something you're obsessed about it and chase, and chase that because that's probably what the Lord's called you to. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you are obsessed about it, um, it will automatically lead you to success because obsession leads you to uh, ex- a lot of exposure to the that amount of time. And um, time will make you great. If you put 10,000 hours in something, uh, if, if you're if you have even a half amount of talent for it, you're going to become great at it after a amount of time. So watch a lot of videos, read a lot of manuals. Uh, push a lot of buttons and break. try to break stuff and put it back together. If you want to learn how a car works, take every nut and bolt apart and put it back together. Ooh. And you're going to learn a lot more about a car. And so, um, you know, try to get your hands on as many stems of albums as you can. Um, that shows you like the solo drums and the soloed vocals and the solo bass and take notes of all your favorite artists and how they sound. Why does the bass sound that way? Why does the drum sound that way? Why do the vocals sound that way? Why do they stack the background vocals like this? Why did they put this kind of reverb on there? And so with obsession, you're going to go in and laser focus on a hundred different things and eventually it'll make you a master of it. So um, I don't think there's one particular thing that you should be going after. You should go after all of it and Mm. only do it if you love it. Only do it if you love it. Wow. That's a hot take on that one, Luke. Only do it if you love it. You should find a new job if you're not obsessed. That's That's right. That's a hot take, man. That's right. (laughs) That's a really high, I've We're not all, heard you ever say that. <laughs> too many of us, too many people are stuck in things they hate. They're just doing it for a paycheck. And that sounds like prison. That's true. That's very true. I mean, it, it quite honestly is, is a fact of life. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we get, we get complacent and, and then it becomes a methodicalness and we get stuck in that rut. So yeah, absolutely. I see that. I would completely. So I'm going to ask you another question. It's kind of on the same boat then. Uh, what wins when it comes to broadcast mixing? Is it creativity or is it uh, obsession with structure and making it sound, you know, absolutely perfect? Which which one which should win that that contestion? Um, I'll put a third one in there. The source material. Okay. Um, if the source material is junk, broadcast right. is junk. Like you, nothing matters if they're if they're playing scales on the stage and hitting the wrong notes and playing the wrong beats and singing out of tune and singing the wrong lyrics. It's like, what's the point? So to me, the only thing that wins in broadcast audio, front of house audio, monitor audio is 
a great band that loves what they're doing and they have chemistry with one another and they've rehearsed mm -hmm. a ton. And there's also no fear on stage. When you have fear on stage, band members and singers are scared and scared. Uh, fear doesn't allow you to uh, want to take a risk and do something spontaneous and uh, brand new. I think so many people back to the point of uh, authenticity. So many people are drawn toward authenticity and um, ha having something that is real and alive to them. And so having a band that not only has experience with one another, but they're also fearless with one another and they empower one another is huge because they will go mm -hmm. out on a limb and try something crazy that might just change the world and might uh, be a synergistic thing that inspires the other band member to follow along with them. So uh, when that happens, uh, mixing broadcast, mixing front of house, mixing monitors is easy and fun. Yeah. Synergistic. Is that, is that That's a, right. is that a real time? Is that a, like a real time Webster's dictionary word or is that just brand new to the brand new to the uh, Hendrickson household? I think synergy is a word. I'm not sure if synergistic is a word. <laughs> we'll have to figure that out later. It should be, it should be a new word. We're going to have to submit yep. it for review for this year's in, induction in the definitions list. Absolutely. Yep. Well, let me, let me just pull back just a little bit here and just kind of ask you, what was one of the biggest like flubs, faults? What was one of the biggest, I don't want to say failures, but let's go with that failures that you've ever like experienced in your time, uh, broadcast mixing and, you know, getting, just getting it right. Man, that's a, that's a very personal question, isn't it? It's like, can you just That's talk true. about your greatest failure, the greatest time that you made the biggest mistake and just tell everybody about it? That's that's a great question. Um, probably early on, there were a couple scenarios where I was thrust into a live scenario without adequate time to set up mm. or we did have adequate time to set up, but we had the wrong gear, which made the setup time not successful. And uh, there were a couple broadcasts back in 2011-ish that uh, were definitely lackluster, especially the first half of some of those live broadcasts because we were still picking up the mess because of a failed um, setup time. Uh, but as time goes on, you begin to discover little tricks to make setup faster or the pieces of gear that fail all the time. So you have backups of those pieces of gear. So when it does fail, you're always you always got an extra an extra one there ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just a lot of preparation uh, will fix these things and then showing up during the rehearsal as early as possible. So when the band is rehearsing, so is the sound guy or sound girl. Mm -hmm. They are there with the band. They're they think of themselves as a band member and they learn the songs. They memorize the arrangements so they can preemptively make changes. They're not reactionary, but proactive. Uh, they're not reactive, but proactive in those changes. And it just is going to be um, a lot more dynamic of a mix to listen to. Absolutely. Wow. I know it was a personal, more deeply personal connection. Cause yeah, you don't want to flaunt your failures to everybody out there, but you know, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people look up to, you know, not just you yourself, but they look up to Bethel music as a high standard of what quality is and what good songwriting is and what good production sounds like. Right. So, and I, and I think it's just fair for, you know, some of these, you know, some of these churches who are just like, okay, I'm not stuck in the same, you know, a boat alone here, you know, like Luke has had the same problems I've gone through and so has Bethel. Right. So it's one of those, it's one of those things where, you know, just, 
I have always had the same problem getting people to show up on time for anything. And so just to hear that that's one of those scenarios that, you know, you, you guys experience too, makes it all the more real that, you know, this is something that we're all, we're all encompassed in together. So, but I want to pull back and I want to talk about production online. Um, I've seen it. I've looked at through all the material. I'm very interested and I'm sure many listeners are, and many people who are watching this are interested can you give me a rundown of what production online is? Yeah, we just want to help people get better at their obsession. You know, people are excited about hopefully lighting, sound, or video if you're watching this type of a broadcast. And so we try to find talented people that not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. There's a lot of people that are, again, armchair critics. I'm not looking for those people. I'm looking for mm. people who are in the industry and doing great things, creating great things. I'm not looking to go to a university with it's just all in their brain. I'm looking for somebody who is a true engineer and actually currently making great things and changing the world. So we try to find the 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 talent, most talented friends we have in those areas, lighting, sound and video. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lighting. Sound and video. And uh, they are just coming together as mostly friends and trying to create an opportunity for people to glean from their successes and learn from their failures as well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm one of the teachers among maybe 30 or 50 other teachers or something like that. And the library is always growing. Roughly every two weeks, uh, a new content is being released and you can subscribe to it. And um, there's also uh, the template that I use to live broadcast is available on there. It's the template we used here at Bethel for many, many years. And it allows you to kind of get a quick start on your broadcast, um, live broadcast stuff through a DAW. But again, it still comes down to really great source material. So that just comes down to you working with your band. And if your band mm -hmm. stinks, then you should start your own band and fix it yourself. Remember? <laughs> so instead of complaining about it, you become the solution, not the problem. There you go. All right. And where can we find you at with production online? Productiononline.com. Yeah, just go there and you can kind of preview all of the different classes that are available and hopefully something will inspire you to want to check it out. Absolutely. That's amazing. That really quickly, what is um I've seen I just I it caught my eye a few days ago when I was scrolling through some things on social media and doing some searching. You guys had this really cool idea, this offline Q&A. Is this mm -hmm. just like a the live Q&A session that you had with some of the some of your friends who are just experts in the field? Yep, last year we had a conference in Dallas, Texas, and uh we had maybe six or eight of our talented teachers come in and teach individual classes and then we had a group panel where they all got on stage and were able to kind of interact with the audience and answer live questions that came in and so it's just a fun time you know half of it's serious and half of it's jokes um but it was a fun time just <laughs> to kind of see the wisdom of the teachers but also some of the personality of the teachers come out yeah absolutely is there another one planned yeah we are hoping to do another one it'll have a slightly different theme to it uh, no date is on the calendar yet, but stay tuned. Um, we think it'll happen sometime. Hopefully Fantastic. soon. Fantastic. Well, we would love to help you promote that event. If that does come out, let us know what we can do about that. And I would love to sure. be there as well. So sure. this has been an amazing time, Luke. Thank you for like sitting through all of my questions. And, and I mean, you gleaned some so much wisdom from it. So I'm very grateful. And again, we're very grateful that you took the time to be with us. So if, uh, if there's anything else that we can uh, talk about, man, you let us know. But we would love to have you back on the podcast at some point. 
Um, and hopefully, you know, we can talk something else other than just audio uh, at that point too. So how do you feel about that? Would it be cool? Sure. Sounds Excellent. good. Thanks for having Excellent. me, Gary. No, thank you, Luke, for being with us. I really appreciate it. Hey, listen, if you are new to the BoxCast podcast, go ahead and hit that button, like, comment, and subscribe. There will also be links in our descriptions below for how you can look up Production Online and Luke Hendrickson. As always, thanks you, thank you for joining us today, and I really appreciate you being here. And as always, again, happy streaming.